0: Between the horns, everybody, it is Wednesday, January 23rd. I'm Miles Simmons. Across from me at this table is DeMarco Far and the Los Angeles Rams are NFC champions. They are headed to Super Bowl 53 in Atlanta. I'm pumped, DeMarco. You're winding up. I love, I love it. I love it. I love it.
1: You're getting louder and louder and louder. It's awesome. Yeah. awesome. Are you happy that they qualified for the Super Bowl or they beat the Saints in New yes. Orleans? Or both Yes Yeah yes I am happy that both of those things happen Great answer Absolutely Who cares about him Missed call Right Yeah There are a lot of missed calls in games There are a yeah. ton of
0: missed calls in that
1: game And that's not the reason why you won or lost It is not
0: yeah. And we will talk plenty about that But no the doubt. Rams did win 26-23 to 23 over the Saints There in the Superdome And I do want to point out Before we go any further That on our last episode together DeMarco mm-hmm. And we were texted this yesterday oh, By yeah. our friend Mailbag Matt <laughs> Yeah uh, You literally said Zerline Long field goal To win it That yeah. is how we closed the
1: show I remember Yeah So what are the lottery numbers? I I don't know. (laughs) Let me think about them. You know, but it was going to be close. I mean, that's your third meeting with them. You know, you know them, they know you. It was, right, it was, it's your, your third meeting yeah.
0: in the last two years. I mean, third meeting this year, including preseason. preseason. I mean, so, yeah,
1: yeah. it's it's bound to be close. I mean, it's not going to be easy to, to move the football. Either team is not going to be easy for them to do. So you, you figured it was going to be close. And if it comes down to a last possession, you have a guy that can kick it from the moon. You yes. Know? And pretty much he did to win the game. But what did you see on that? Where were you standing? Right under the goalpost. Okay. Um, so I had a view of the Saints defense. Yeah. And then I saw the ball come out and it was straight. I mean, I'm right under the goalpost. I knew the minute he hit it, this is good. So I could see the crowd just go dead. So I'm watching the football It goes through, and I'm telling you, Miles, that ball hit hit the net hard. I I believe it. That was good from 67, maybe even beyond. I think it was good from 70. Like Jared Goff said it after the game.
0: JJ John Johnson, the third, said it after the game too. That thing looked good from 70. I mean, I
1: was right at the net with the guys that catch it, and it it made the net move. I mean, that's in the fifth row. If there's no (laughs) no net from where he kicked it, amazing. So, I go from the ball. To the field, and I just see white jerseys on the field going nuts. And I could hear them and nothing else. It was awesome. Yeah. (laughs) Yes.
0: And it was great. I mean, you know, you listen to JB's call of that, and he goes, and the Superdome
1: is silent. Yeah. Great call. (laughs) I mean, but you know, you have to give them credit. And I don't want to take anything away from the Saints defense. Please don't get me wrong if I say this. Um, A lot of what went wrong for the Rams on offense had less to do about the Saints players and more about that crowd noise. I would agree with that. Yeah. You just couldn't hear that changed a lot. You couldn't change the snap count. Uh, they caught you slipping a few times. What do they call that when you're singing in the shower? Sound deprivation? That's mostly that <laughs> what it was. I mean, sensory deprivation. Sensory de- sensory deprivation. You couldn't change anything, and they were taking advantage of that. Right. But once the Rams figured that out and got comfortable with the crowd noise, they started to move the football.
0: You know, that was interesting. Jared Goff talked about that after the game. The fact that, like, you you a you couldn't hear, and mm-hmm. b his helmet w- went dead. The comms unit in his helmet was just dead on the first couple of drives. So he was actually wearing Sean Mangan's helmet. Wow. So yeah. That's Hollywood, right? <laughs> That's Hollywood. But, I mean, it explains some stuff. I mean, like just them not looking out of sync, you know, and the snap count looking weird and everything. It just there were a lot of things that they had to overcome just
1: in terms of that technology aspect of things. Even the first couple of plays when the Saints got on top of you, 13 to nothing, you spotted them 13 points. If you look at the offense, the plays were there. The play call was there. They were just one or two players away from making plays from those plays actually busting out, being big. There was a screen that was almost there. The the run play that got blown up early. I mean, you just couldn't hear or see the middle linebacker blitzing at the same time. You know what I'm saying? Yes. To get that communicated out. So it was mostly a function of crowd noise that was disrupting the offense. Less... What the Saints were doing,
0: right? And when that happens, I think it, it tells you what home field advantage is. Oh yeah. Because when you don't, when you can't get the snap count quite right because you can't hear anything and you can't communicate, it, it takes away that element of it. So you're not, you're less the hammer
1: and more the nail in the situation. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, you're 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 the one. You're the you're the catcher's mitt.
0: Yeah. They're pitching, and, and, you're, and you're not dictating you're, as you usually would on
1: offense. Right. And if you catch guys slipping, if you're at home and they try to run the same scheme at you. You'll be able to pick that up and communicate it out and change the play. But when it's loud like that, you have no choice. You can't get it out. Just run the play and let's see what happens. Right.
0: Uh, so you mentioned this, and let let's go here. Let's just start with it. You know, the the non pass interference call for Nikhil Roby Coleman.
1: I feel bad for the officials now. Really, I what? really do. I feel bad for the officials because it's so obvious, man. I mean, it's it's an obvious miss. There's no gray area. Um, It's just two guys, two officials that just blew a call. And you have to own it, just like players and coaches do. When you make a mistake, you have to own it. So um, not coming down harder on them than we do players or coaches or GMs or anybody that makes a mistake in the National Football League. But I do feel bad because the whole world is talking about it. They think that play changed – the entire season. I don't want to be that guy. I wouldn't want to be that guy or guys.
0: No, yeah, and people do seem to think that um, about that particular call, but I don't. I I feel like in that situation especially, the bigger problem was – if you're the Rams or you're the Saints. We can take it from two ways. Mm -hmm. The bigger problem for the Rams is that you allowed that 43-yard completion to happen, so that they could get that far down the field. Yes. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Which I'm still scratching my head over. I, I am too. Yeah. Yeah. So
0: that was the bigger problem with the Rams. The bigger problem with the Saints is that you decided to run two pass plays on a on three on a set of downs where you had three chances and the Rams had two timeouts. That
1: is a Sean Payton issue. Now Sean yes. Payton did the the exact <clears throat> right thing, which is point at the refs and say they made the mistake. Because it gets you to look away from the mistake he made. Yeah. yeah. You run the football in that situation and at least force the Rams to burn timeouts. Right. Yeah, you can't help them.
0: So not only – so that's exactly it. So that happens and then instead of the Rams having no timeouts and probably, I don't know, a minute left. About, yeah, yeah the, if, if you Even if you, run, if you throw it on third down, that's what would have happened, right? Right. So instead of that happening, you, have the, you give the Rams a minute and 40 seconds and a timeout. Right to go down the field and score. That, to me, is more where the ire should be directed. And I understand, you know, you can say whatever you want about Nikhil Roby Coleman, who I think had a tremendous game Watching yeah. that game back, you Boy, UC, they were shooting at him.
1: They were. Yeah, they
0: were coming after him. They were, and you can see how many plays he made. I mean, broke one up in the end zone early on in the game. Um, there was one that he— Almost broke got up a in pick. the pick. Oh, right. my God. Wow. <laughs> right. Stay with it. You have it. Yeah. Exactly. So, to me, I, there's—I understand. You know, I do. I get it. From the New Orleans perspective, you know, why, like, this particular call— Is such a big deal However I think that There are bigger things And a game is never Won or lost On one play Right
1: Like the the Saints Had the ball first In overtime Right Did the 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 pass interference Or the non-call Happen before or after Breeze threw the pick before right, so there's a lot of football left after that play. Right. So because you lost, you're probably going to harp on that one play and say that's the reason you lost. But we all know what happened. There was a lot of football left. There in that was football game. play
0: defense. Yeah. Right, but I'm you just know? saying.
1: I feel bad for the officials for missing that call. Sure. Did it affect the outcome of the game? Sure, but it wasn't everything.
0: No, it absolutely was not everything. Right, you could
1: have slipped somebody through and blocked the field goal attempt at the end of the game. Yeah. You you still lined up with 11, just like the Rams did when the game was on the line, and they kicked the field goal to beat you. Live with that. But if you want to blame it on the call, then so be it. Right, and that's my guest. Yeah, yeah,
0: that's what they seem to want to do, but it's not going to affect the ultimate outcome, which is that the Rams won 26-23, to and and we're going to the Super Bowl, and they're not.
1: I I heard about that rule. I, I, I won't even quote it, but they said that Roger Goodell could actually line both teams. Teams back up and let's play it again. Yeah, if yeah, there is
0: a chance, <laughs> it, it, the, the, the rule, the language is it's a catastrophic event, right? I'm pretty sure that wasn't catastrophic. This does not count,
1: yeah, no, as catastrophic, but uh, good luck. If he wanted to line both teams up, good luck,
0: right? There'd yeah. be
1: no way in hell I would do it if I was a player.
0: I'll, I'll ask you this do you think that they
1: should expand replay and allow all these different things to review? You know, after that, um, yes. I do. Really? You can't allow that to happen again. Okay. Yeah. So I am I was never against it to begin with. I mean, replaying pass interference, I mean, how much time does that add to a football game? I don't know. I don't really care. Just get the call right. But I, I do feel bad for the officials because you have to help them out. And I tell them this. I told them this from training camp when I see a lot of the guys that I know um, – they expect you to keep up with this fast game and they're giving you more to think about. This is when the, the lowering the head came in. Right. I'm like, now they want you to be judges on the field of that. I mean, what else can they ask you guys to do? You're just human. So if you want to really help them out, then I think PIs or, or plays like that should be reviewable. I think that they're, I, I'm, I'm of the camp where it, I think it's a slippery slope.
0: Yeah. And I think that there's, and I, you know, it's so funny when people use that term, like I think of, like bigger societal issues and like how people just want to maintain the status quo just to maintain the status quo. But I, I, I don't think that everything should be able to be reviewed, A, because of a time factor. Like, how much time are you going to add on to it? B, because sometimes when you slow things down, you're going to obviously see things that you didn't see in real time. And if you're going to play the game, you you have to, to me, be able to officiate it in real time. I don't quite know what the solution is, but you're right that that blown call – should not ever happen. However, in my Because that's not even gray, Miles. That's I know black and white. (laughs) However, what I can't do is separate my personal feeling on it because selfishly I want to go to the bowl, man. Right. And if that, and if that
1: I don't know. But if so it like was flopped, if it were flopped,
0: no, for sure, we'd
1: be talking about that a lot. Just we like would they be. would be, right? Yes,
0: you're right. And so I, I don't know. I think I'm, I'm not looking at it. I'm, I can't. I have a hard time looking at it from an objective okay, perspective. Ha- I guess that that's it. No, no,
1: it's happened twice this year. Once in Dallas, where they they called um, Dak Prescott uh, uh, in the grasp. When clearly he was Oh, wasn't. you mean when uh, against in the divisional yeah, round. Right. Uh, versus Dallas. I mean, I'm like, whoa, that's that's a bad call, guys. Yeah. Um, When stuff like that happens and then the Nikhil Roby Coleman non-call, when that happens in the game for a second, I could take off my Rams hat and say, wait a minute, hold on. <laughs> let's just call it fair. That's that's not right. And right. then we move on. Believe me, I'm happy. I was happy for the no call. No that, doubt. Of course. But I was like, wow, man, how can you guys miss that? And let me say this. Nikel Roby Coleman did the exact right thing. I could care less. That play was wide open. They had you. You've got to make a play on the football. Sometimes it's going to be an infraction just to save a touchdown. I I I am with you. you. Yes. Well. I'll say the same thing to a left tackle. If you get beat that bag, grab the damn guy. Don't let him blast your quarterback. Take the hold. Right. Yeah. Because you
0: know know what? At least if you do that, you live to fight another play. Absolutely.
1: And your quarterback's alive.
0: Right. (laughs) Right. And in that, in Roby's situation, it's, it's. Okay, I have to do something, anything, to make yeah. sure they don't get a touchdown here. Yeah. Because something's not right on defense, and I think when you watch the play, you can kind of tell they're signaling, yeah. they're doing this and that, you know, waving their arms, and Roby just comes over and he's like, I have to make a play, I have to
1: make sure that he doesn't catch I gotta it. save I gotta, the day. I gotta, do, I gotta do something. Right, he's the, he's the free safety in that moment. He's the guy that's the last line of defense. You've got to make a play, legal or not, you've got to stop them from scoring. Exactly. Um, I remember when I was growing up, there was a cornerback named Louis Breeden, uh, played for the Cincinnati Bengals, all-pro guy, great cornerback, and this is before the rule was changed uh, on pass interference calls in the end zone. It was just a plus 15. Oh. Uh, but there was a play where he was beaten. He was in the end zone. The guy had position. And he you could you could see the look on his face like, okay, I'm just going to have to interfere because I can't give up a touchdown. He just tossed the guy to, to the ground. The next year, they changed the call. Really? Or changed the penalty. Mm. Yeah. So if you have a PI in the end zone, you put it on the one or a couple of years later. Yes. But because of a play like that. So if a play like that causes re- uh, uh, PIs to be reviewed... I'm all for it. You you just can't have that. Yeah. Yeah. No,
0: that's fair. That's very fair. But I think that there was so much more to that game. And I think if we talk about the overtime period where Dante Fowler gets in there and he plays that hit on Breeze yeah. and the ball floats up and John Johnson's able to catch it, that to me is the
1: basically the most consequential play of the game until, oh, no you know, the Zerline 57 yarder. It's so funny, man. I mean, the way my 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 eyes go and the way my brain works when Fowler hit his arm, all I saw was like dollar signs. (laughs) I did like come up. You just made yourself millions with that play. And then when Johnson caught it off his back, same thing. It it, it sounded like Super Mario Brothers. (laughs) That's how you make money right there. You make those special plays. But yeah man, it turned everything. A good rush. Uh, the reason he was brought here was for that situation. You would say it paid off with that one play. I would say that. Having yes. him there, yeah. And you did it without the benefit of crowd noise. And making that play on the other end, like you said, that was as big as any other non-call. Yes. Yeah, right there.
0: Well, for sure. And it's interesting. Dante Fowler is just this guy that seems to make those big-time plays in the big-time situations. I don't know if you saw it. Like, I haven't watched the Inside the NFL episode, but mm-hmm. I believe they had Dante Fowler mic'd. Mm-hmm. Um, the NFL films did. And so they they caught it after the game where Donald comes up to Dante Fowler and they put it out in this trailer on Twitter and he's in and, do, and Is this Donald, on the field?
1: Yes. I saw this. Yeah, go ahead. Donald yeah.
0: tells him, you know, hey man, you you basically just won that game for us. Yeah. You made that play. Big time players make big time plays in big time games. Hell you did yeah. that.
1: Absolutely. Yeah, they do. I mean, look, when it's your time and it's so funny, you'll especially when you get into The playoffs, and then the conference championships, and then moving on to the Super Bowl. That team is good. That guy is good, just as good as you are. So you'll bump your head forever trying to make a play, and you just can't. It's the hardest game you'll ever play in your life, but... When it does come to you and it's your time to make a play, you have to make it. Mm. You have to be ready. Sometimes, like like they said, Nikel Roby Coleman, the football gods will, you know, part the red sea, and it's your time to make that play, and you have to be ready. You can't miss. Right, and he didn't. Right. And he didn't at all,
0: and that was
1: why. I mean, John Johnson,
0: who I think has had a terrific season, mm-hmm. somebody who probably should have been a Pro Bowler, but now we don't care because the Rams are going to the Pro Bowl anyway. But he is somebody who has been able to step up in different situations and just make it a, a lot of different plays. I mean, think about that play that he had against the San Francisco 49ers. I guess it was in week seven where he ripped the ball out you know, yeah, yeah. and made that interception on George Kittle. Like That was great. And so for him to be in position and be falling backwards, his momentum is taking <laughs> him back and still be able to make that catch. That is a very, very difficult
1: play. I haven't done this to you in two years, but I will bet you a thousand bucks you couldn't do that on 20 tries. Oh, I <laughs> <laughs> I, if we give you 20 tries, you couldn't
0: do it. <laughs> if Michael Thomas pushed me, probably not. Right. Like, if, like, Clarence pushed me, I might be able to do it. But, right. like, if Thomas did, I don't think
1: The degree so. of difficulty, I mean, you see guys, like, that have situations where they have a similar type play to make. And they hit the ground and something happens and the ball comes out and it's an incompletion. Yeah. Not this time. And I heard him say this in the locker room. (laughs) It was so funny because it was a mess in there. It was a tight locker room. You saw it. Oh, yeah, it was. It was but he mess. was walking around behind it. And he said, it may not be the first. It may not be the second. It may not be the third. But eventually, I'm going to get you. Hmm. He did say that. I, I, I heard him say it. He said it to me. I'm like, you know what? You're right. He's had opportunities. He's been close a lot. And finally, he made him pay. He did yeah. because he had a, an opportunity or two earlier in that game uh-huh. where he could
0: have maybe had a pick and it just didn't quite work. Or, I mean, you could go back to that game, I guess it was against Dallas, where he almost Almost had a pick in the end zone. Yeah, yeah. Was that against Dallas or was that against San Francisco the week before? Uh, you
1: know, it's all starting to run together. It
0: kind of is to me. To too. me,
1: the biggest play, one of the plays that stand out um, for him, for me, was against Philadelphia when he covered Ertz in the in the end zone. Oh well, yeah, and he and knocked the thing back. And uh, that is a surefire touchdown. It is, and he recovered and made the play and got it out. Tremendous play. That right there, I would have said you guys screwed up the Pro Bowl. I don't know that many guys that can make that play. Agreed. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And so he's really growing up. He's I think is really playing within himself well. Yeah. That's one of those, you know, sports expressions that people use that kind of means something but doesn't mean anything. But you know, I just think when you've got a guy who's a second-year guy, we talk about, you know, taking steps and somebody growing up and taking the next step to becoming a great all-pro or whatever it is, John Johnson is been doing that because, you know, it's the the Aaron Donald saying again, big time players make big time plays in big time situations. Mm -hmm. And and John Johnson, I think, has continued to step up and do those kinds of things.
1: Yeah, man. Uh, Well, God, you haven't seen Scarface, so never mind. But it's the same as when Tony Montana was talking to Frank, talking down to Frank for the first time when Tony said, you know what? I'm a boss now. Hmm. Yeah that That's the same
0: Is that with, before or after he says Say hello to my little friend This
1: is way before This is when he first <laughs> Steps out on his own Like you're saying He's coming into his own Yeah you, uh, Tony was working for a guy And then Tony says You know what I can be the boss that's John Johnson. I, I'm no longer a part of this defense. I'm leading the defense. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's the guy we're starting to see.
0: And that is exactly what I think you want to see. And so John Johnson is a funny guy. Hilarious. And so when he makes the pick and then he gets up and then does the Choppa style dance. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. That's... That's pretty cool. When you make a play like that, do whatever you want.
0: That's you get to do that. Yes,
1: yes, absolutely. All, all eyes In are their on you. House. All eyes are on you. Crank, crank the bike. <laughs> I love that. And it sucks because you can't stop them. Um, way back when, do you remember Jamal Anderson? I remember the name The Atlanta Falcons running back He used to do this stupid dance Called the Dirty Bird Okay Well he scored on us again Right And he's standing right behind me Doing the Dirty Bird And all I wanted to do Was break his back And I'm like You know what He earned it Mm -hmm. Yeah I I have to break his back Before he gets in the end zone Yes Not after Yes When he scores It's your box Go ahead Exactly (laughs) If
0: you don't like it Stop him (laughs) Right
1: Yes. So, if you don't like what he did, don't throw picks.
0: Exactly. Right. Exactly. Um, so let's talk about Jared Goff too, because yeah, speaking of guys growing up, coming into their own, whatnot. It's funny. Um, Gary Klein, Los Angeles Times, sort of asked him that question. You know, do you feel like you took the next step? Blah 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 blah. What after the game? He goes. Jared goes. I don't know. That's Gary. That's for you to write. <laughs>
1: <God>. <laughs> wow. They don't let dummies in the Cal. For the most part, they don't let dummies go to Cal. No, they right? don't. So he, he's obviously a thinker. He's athletic, and he obviously loves the game. So he's going to get better. I was I was trying to explain uh, to some people what I like about golf, Jared Goff. And usually the stock answers are what? How he throws it, where he throws it, when he throws it, yada, yada, yada. Right? Absolutely. All that stuff. Accuracies, athletic, blah, 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 blah. Um, then it dawned on me. The stuff I like about Jared is... It's not actually when he throws it, it's when he doesn't. Hmm. And there was a play early in the second quarter. They're throwing off play action, and Brandon Cooks is obviously the route that you want to throw here. But the safety is driving on the football. He read it. They are in the play, they knew it. So he's driving, and Cooks has his head turned looking back at Goff. If Goff lets it go, Cooks is road kill, bro. I mean, I'm serious. It, it, you're up to the discretion of the safety where he wants to hit Cooks, but it's going to be a shot, and he's going to be defenseless. But he deads the play. Goff reads it, doesn't throw it, deads the play, moves on the second down. To me, that's genius. Hmm. He's not just running plays. Whatever McVeigh calls, I'm just going to run, regardless of what the defense does. No, he's out there playing. That was Aaron Rodgers like, and I know they went to the same school. Sure, it's beyond the play that's called. It's a guy that's playing quarterback, calling the play. Seeing the field and deciding, you know, this play's dead, we'll move on to the next one. That is stuff that moves you into elite territory.
0: Well, that's the kind of thing that I don't necessarily know that people can appreciate. You know, when you talk about system quarterback, mm-hmm. right, and that's the label that everybody wants to give to Jared Goff. But when it's just a system, then if that's where the play is, then you're probably just going to throw the ball and make
1: your receiver roadkill. If that's what you are. Right. Yeah. So that, that that's what I call throwers. All you are is a thrower. Yeah. You're just coming in and just whatever he says, you're throwing it there. Right. Regardless of what the defense does.
0: Right. And so that's the difference. I think when you have a young quarterback, young quarterbacks oftentimes might not know that because these that's what's really different from college, at least in my opinion. You know, you you're not necessarily making those kinds of reads where the safety can just come up and blow up somebody. That doesn't happen that often in college. But in the NFL, everything is better. You know, the athletes are better. They understand what you're trying to do to attack them better. So they come up and they hit guys. Right? right. Right. And so when a young quarterback is going out there, he might throw that ball. But once that guy is taking the next step, he has more experience. And so he know, understands what it is that he's seeing. He's not going to make that throw True. You're going to dead the play. And you're going to say, all right, we're going on to something. Well, don't else. just
1: don't just limit it to young guys. I've seen some some old veteran quarterbacks that throw it in there and get their guys just splattered. Hmm. I mean absolutely. I mean that that's a smart play. That's playing chess not checkers. Right. You know, look, we have second down coming up and whatever play comes off the sideline or in my headset is going to be just as good as the one I turned down. Sure, because the defense won on that play. So let's save it. Throw the ball out of bounds. Let's get the second down play in, and let's move the football.
0: You mentioned the headset, and I think we mentioned this at the top of the show. It was really interesting just the, to see the methods that the Rams were employing in order to like sort of get the crowd noise out of Goff's head so he could hear a little bit. So they put tape over the ear holes. You mm-hmm. see that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like yeah. I, I don't think I've ever seen that before. Oh, really? But okay. I came across it on Twitter. Like somebody was like tweeted it at me and was like, "We used oh. to do
1: well." That that's an old trick. I mean, that's for crowd noise for quarterbacks. But we used to. Do that for defensive linemen that kept jumping off sides. <laughs> so I, you could I'm hear the dead snap serious. Count? Look, dude, that just don't sense. hear anything. Get your eyes on the football, Michael Brockers. <sighs> Mm-hmm. Yeah. Get your eyes on the football. Yeah. You move when it moves, not before or after. See when the little brown thing moves. That's yes. When the point of the said. football
0: moves, you move. Right. 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 And so that that that's the difference. But I, I did think that was interesting that, that they did that for Goff's home. Yep. And he said, you know, I wish we had done it earlier because then
1: I would have been able to hear better. Right. Right. Um, next time you look at like a guy that's like if it's Sue or if it's Brockers that has one of those uh, encroachment penalties, look at the quarterback's head and look at where he's barking. Ninety percent of the time, he's barking right at that guy, hmm. which means you are a jump threat now. Right? Yeah, they think I bet, they can, Brady, I bet Brady will try to do it. They think they can get you when they need to get you, and they're gonna bark right at you. Yes. You know how I know that? I was that guy. I'm like, are you shouting at me? Yeah, he's shouting at me. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> yeah, right. How many offsides penalties? <laughs> oh man, they're they're a virus, man. Like there was a year when I had like ten, and then none right. the next season. Like, when it starts, you just can't stop yourself. Huh. Yeah. And, and it, believe me, it's not because you want to make a mistake. It's just your desire to make a play. Yes. You want to make a play so bad, and sometimes you forget fundamentals, as in move when the ball moves. Right. Huh. Interesting. Yeah.
0: I don't know. I've never really played defense, so.
1: Oh, yeah. That's part of why, because I just wasn't good at getting oh, off man. the ball. Oh, man. I remember, God, in Atlanta, I uh, Chris Chandler got me offsides, sides, and I was seven yards beyond him. <laughs> I swear, I came off the football with my eyes closed. That's how hard I was trying to make a play, right? Jeez. <laughs> Shouldn't do that.
0: Um, but in terms of golf, though, I, I do want to talk about his uh, two-minute drives. Because, yeah. I mean, you had one at the end of the first half that was instrumental. And then to be able to get the ball back at the end of the second half, do what he did, and get the Rams in position to tie the game. Uh, there was a lot going on there that I think is being a little bit— uh, underrated. Go ahead. In terms of Goff's skill set and, and what he does, I mean, and this did not. I, the first play I want to talk about, I guess, is not necessarily on those two-minute drives, but I think one of his plays of the game was when he was rolling to his right. It was kind of deep in LA oh, territory. It was like on right. third yeah. and ten. Uh-huh. Yeah. Rolls to his right, settles and finds Gerald Everett, just off schedule. Gerald Everett separates. He's able to make the catch, and then Gerald Everett gets upfield. That was a special play.
1: Yeah. Because that's off schedule. It is. That's Um, not system quarterback, man. When they – we used to train or just for fun in special teams. I mean, just to get our attention and understand how intricate special teams are. Special teams coaches get really flowery. So we're studying how they had to land – a capsule on the moon and how they had to train the astronauts way back in the day before we had all these computers and everything, just the old school guys way back when, you know what I'm talking about? Yes. When a computer was like, you know, the the, the length of a building. Yes. Yeah. One yeah, computer. Big as the studio. Yeah. That little laptop was, you know, yards and yards. So they would train them in the simulator and they would drop them down and then all of a sudden they would just take things away. Okay, now you have no radar. Now you're missing a thruster. Now you're missing this. And just see how they react. And the best pilots are the ones that went to the moon were the guys that didn't panic. They just moved on to the next thing. Same thing with quarterbacking. Okay, when you run it in practice, it's always going to be perfect, and the guy's going to be wide open on schedule. Okay, what if it's not? What if you miss a block? What if the guy runs the wrong route? What are you you going to do if you have to hold the football? All that type stuff goes on in his head within five seconds or less than that and you have to make the right choice when you can't hear. Yeah. I'm with you. That stuff is special. It's not about the teardrop drop in the bucket to Brandon Cooks. Special stuff. I mean, that's a seven-on-seven pass and that's beautiful, but the stuff you're describing that moves you from average quarterback to great if you, when you ask me when it's not perfect and you can still make a play
0: i agree and that's why that is so impressive but i even on that drive that you know with the, with that had the 36 yarder to brandon mm-hmm. cooks the, the play before on 3rd and 10 where he's able to get it above that second level player i think it was a linebacker and then into brandon cooks hands you know that, that deep is No, 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 17-yarder. This is the play before.
1: Okay, go ahead. Yeah,
0: yeah. So that's on the right side, and Cooks is basically just running a comeback route. Mm -hmm. It's third down and 10. You're down at that point 13 to 3. You need a touchdown. Right. And he's able to continue that drive with that big play. It's 17 yards. That was huge. Big time. And then the Rams take the timeout, and then they come out next play, 36-yarder down the left sideline to Brandon Cooks.
1: See, I think that's what Kurt Warner was talking about when we were talking uh, about what it means to be special in the postseason right before we kicked off versus Dallas, right? It's you have to make the throws you should make. And those are throws you you should make and have to make. Mm-hmm. It's not the big ones. It's not the ones that that wind up on, you know, everybody's sports center replay. It's the average throws that that look easy that really aren't that you're taking what the defense gives you, that you trust your receiver to be in the right spot and you're landed in there. Those are the special plays that keep you on the field and keep you in contention. Keep you around long enough and on the field long enough so you have a chance to either tie it up or win the game.
0: Well, not only that, but I think what you're talking about there, you know, when you have to make the throw, when you're finding a way to make the throw, those two ones that he made to Higby in the overtime period yeah. were huge. Yeah. Because Cam Jordan was right down his throat both times. All
1: And he refused to let that be the end. And he did it in a way where uh, – how do do you say it? It it was risky, but it was a calculated risk. It wasn't like Jameis Winston backing up and
0: throwing it over the middle for nobody.
1: Exactly. Uh, He did the exact right thing with the football and got the ball out. I mean, that's – you know, say what you want about Jared Goff, but it's hard to dispute what your own eyes see.
0: It is. Yeah. Well, that's funny because, you know, those throws specifically, I see the Rams working on those kinds of things all the time, you know? Yeah. When building pressure coming into your face, how do you flip your hips, make sure that you can get off an accurate throw Not to where you want it first. to go. Run, yes. hit, yeah. Not Yeah. first. Right. Not freak exactly. out. Exactly. Right, yeah. No, exactly. I mean, like, I don't remember. Do you remember last year? Maybe it was earlier this year. I don't know. Time is a flat circle or whatever. Yeah. But there was at one point, you know, they were, like, throwing a bouncy ball at Jared Goff in the pocket. Oh yeah, yeah 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 That's like those are things you're doing Focus so like things. yes. Yeah. So you're not panicked, right? Right. Like I remember Matt LaFleur when he was still here before he became, you know, head coach of the Green Bay Packers mm-hmm. now. But they would run drills in the red zone where all right, Matt, like this is before practice or during a special teams period. Lafleur is running at Jared Goff, pretending he's a defender. So, what does Jared Goff have to do in order to make sure he avoids that defender? And then, boom, he's going to get rid of the ball quickly and efficiently. Those kinds of things are like when you drill them all the time and then you see them in practice on the field, it's like, okay, that's not that much of a surprise that Goff is able to do that because it's something that they've been working on since Sean McVeigh got here and implemented right. these
1: different practice things. And you're not going to have the wheels of say, Lamar Jackson just to run. (laughs) No. You're going to have to throw your way out of danger, right? Right. And you have to be smart with it. So, yeah, I'm with you. I mean, not to pick on a guy, but, I mean, I think Sam Bradford would be be the opposite. You saw what he looked like when he came here. Really bad. Right. I mean, he was given up on the play after two steps. Like, let me run over here, let me run backwards, throw the damn thing away, but... Here's a guy that, hey, look, okay, if I get pressure, I still have time to do this and get the ball out. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's not dead if they get pressure on the play. So, yeah, he's, he's really, really mature. Now, the other guy that you're about to see in two weeks, top of the heat, man. Oh, yeah. I mean, there's there's nothing he hasn't seen. Even if you have a guy scot-free on him where it's a kill shot, it won't be. He won't be there by the time you get there. yep it, The guy just has an eighth sense about him. Absolutely. Yeah, he knows what's going on with his own offense, his defense, and – even if you slip a guy through, it's it's not going to be the hit you think it's going to be. Right,
0: right. And that's the—when you have guys like that, that's how they become durable. Yeah. You know, remember the conversation when Jared Goff was coming out of college? Like, oh, he's so slight. He's this, he's that. You know, he has tiny baby hands, which was funny at the combine. Yeah. Which he doesn't—I mean, never mind. But so the conversation is always, how is he going to be able to stand up to hits and take a 16-game season? And the and I saw this in a tweet, and I should give credit to it, but I can't remember who the tweet was from. but. But the conversation with Goff was that. And then with Wentz, it was, always big, he's durable, he's this, he's that. Well, who's the guy that's been playing the last two seasons completely healthy and able to do it? And, like, this is not a slide of Carson Wentz, which I know that there were some things in Philadelphia this week that came out. But Carson Wentz has been the one that has had more
1: injury concerns. True. I'd rather have a quarterback that protects his body versus one that puts it at risk. And that says a lot because I like guys like Cam Newton. I do like Lamar Jackson. I like those type of quarterbacks. They just put so much pressure on a defense. But eventually, I mean, look, the bottom line is, I don't want you to touch my quarterback at all. Your best avail, your best ability is availability. You're, I don't want you to hit him at all, and I used to get mad at Kurt Warner. Your body's not yours, man. That belongs to us, bro. Yeah. <laughs> when you're scrambling around, look, uh, it's not for you to make a play running the football. That's Marshall's job. Yeah. If you've got to scramble it, find a safe spot to lay down and don't let him touch you. Right. We need you upright and healthy, so I think that's, I know that's what Brady has, and I believe that's where Jared Goff is headed. I agree. I agree. Uh, that's, there
0: was a play where I think it was second and six, and then Goff, instead of, you know, throwing it away or whatever, he takes the running lane, gets the first down and gets down. Right. That's what you want.
1: Yeah, man, you are the flag, bro. You are, you're the prize in the Game of Thrones. (laughs) Yeah, man. I mean, look, one hit on you is, uh, is all it takes to fire up a sideline and you can't give that to them ever. Right. That's what Brady does. Right. Brady is like the Mr. Untouchable. Even like when I said, even when you've got him dead to rights and it should be a kill shot. You're gonna come away unsatisfied with the hit you get because he's not giving you much. No question at all.
0: Um, before we get out of here, because I do. Actually That's it have to, already. We're. I know oh, you we're stink. A little, we're a little short today, but I, I. We just qualified for the Super Bowl and you're cutting it short. We're on assignment and the the studio was occupied, so we had to cut it a little. And bit where short. are you headed? I am headed to. What's Calico. so important? You have to leave. Less need. Okay, I shut up now. Yeah, <laughs> he's gonna he's gonna be talking to the media at noon, awesome. and so I got to get out of here in a few minutes. Um, but I do just want to talk a little bit about early impressions of the Patriots, and we've sort of been oh boy talking yeah. about that um, the last few minutes. But I I I think that it's so interesting, you know, how things sometimes come full circle.
1: Oh yeah, the storylines, right? Yeah, yeah. We won the Super Bowl in Atlanta. You, you lost one in New Orleans by hook or by crook, to the Patriots, started their run, and now you face the Patriots in Atlanta. Yeah. At what could be the end of their run and the start of yours. Right. Yeah, I know. Belichick has more Super Bowl championships than any other coach, and Sean McVay is considered the next. If anybody's going to catch him, catch what Belichick has done, you're going to have to start at a young age. Mm -hmm. So you might be looking at the guy that's going to replace Belichick someday or at least— chase him down or try to. There's a lot of storylines in this game. That's
0: what I'm saying, yeah, man. fun stuff. It's exciting. It, it's really exciting. And I think when you're going against somebody like Brady, who, you know, I have been watching since I was a kid, mm-hmm. and I asked John Johnson this. Like, you know, you've been – what is it like to now know you're going to face Tom Brady in a Super Bowl, right, as he's going for a 6 one? And John Johnson was like, you know, it's crazy because – you you grow up. You watch Tom Brady. You know all the stories. You know what he's done and what he said though. And I think that this is true. You know, he said he's beatable though. You it, know, they all are exactly. Yeah, he's and human so, just
1: like you are. Right,
0: exactly. Yeah. You know, they put on their shoes one at a time. They they go to the restroom and have to wipe their rear end. Like yeah, it, it, you know all that's
1: true. But when he gets on the field, he is very very good and sometimes better than you. Yes. Yeah, you're gonna have to raise your game, everybody. I mean, you are playing the gold standard. No question. Professional no, no question at the number one spot. He is the guy. So, you know, uh, everyone has that moment. I, I hope everyone does. If you stay in it long enough. I had posters of Joe Montana, John Elway, Dan Marino, Marcus Allen in my room as a kid. And then one day in Kansas City, I look up and there's Joe Montana barking signals at me. And it's like, wow, here I am. But yeah. You're going to have to deal with these sort of things. Boxers do it all the time, man. Mike Tyson hated to knock out Larry Holmes. But you had to. It's your job. Right. <laughs> yeah, you have to. That's just the way it goes. Right. And so when
0: you have that and you have the Patriots and they've done what they've done over the basically the last 20 years, this is unprecedented dominance yeah. in the NFL, especially, you know, with the salary cap, with the way that this sport really is designed so that you have different Champions every year, every parody. couple of years. Yeah. Yes, it is designed for parity and you see that in the NFC, right? You know, you hmm. keep seeing these different teams come up, one's this, one's that. You know, think about the last four teams that have come out of the NFC now. You know, you've got, or you can go back to five. You know, Seattle, Atlanta, Carolina, not necessarily in this order, but the Eagles and now the Rams. Right. It changes every year.
1: Right. Yeah, yeah.
0: Exactly. And so to have the Patriots and to have what they've done since starting, you know, in 2001 when they got there and when they beat the Rams, this is amazing. Yeah.
1: Um, The Chicago Bulls um, fell apart towards the end, not because they got old, because it just had to. Like enough was enough. It just blew up from the inside. Well, the Patriots, you know, just look at their media guide and just read Robert Kraft. Read about what was what the Patriots were before him and what they are with him now. Yeah. So you know he had a goal in mind, and they're firing on all cylinders still. So. You know, it's funny you say that this might be the easier draw in the Super Bowl because it's not Kansas City. You don't have to deal with Mahomes. You don't have to deal with Tyreek Hill and all this sort of stuff, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you avoid them, you just happen to get probably the best head coach quarterback combo ever. Yeah. Yeah. That's your consolation for skipping the Kansas City Chiefs is them. So... I'll say this, there was no easy draw coming out of the AFC. Of course yeah. not. If you want to be a champion, it was going to be a tough tough draw no matter what. I
0: mean, this is the thing. You, you can't say that there's a matchup you want, right. you know, in, in air quotes, whatever, at this point. These are the last two teams in the NFL this year. Right. They're good. Yes. Both of them are very
1: good. You no know? one's played more football this year than these two teams. Yeah. They're going to be better than everyone else, and everything you get, they're going to know and vice versa. Right.
0: And so that's that's going to be the interesting thing. I mean can the Rams come up with something that will be effective against the Patriots? How will Todd Gurley be utilized? I mean that's something that we didn't necessarily get to in this episode because of the time constraints. Yeah. but you know when Gurley has what five touches for 13 total yards, that's weird. yeah And the fact that you could still beat the Saints with that kind of production from mm-hmm. Todd Gurley, if you had told me last week at this time that Todd Gurley would have five touches for 13 yards, I would have said, well, the Rams are probably going to get blown out.
1: True, but I smile. Why do I smile? Because he only had five touches in the NFC championship game, yep. so that's More rest. Yep. And he gets two weeks before his next game, more rest. So there's no way on this planet he's only going to get five touches in Atlanta. Absolutely not. Yeah. I would expect five times as many touches. I think that that's probably fair. And I think that it's
0: interesting because what do we know about Bill Belichick? He wants to take away what you do best.
1: Right. So, or make it difficult for you to get to get to the things you want to get to. Right. Now, you can have the guys in the right spot, but if Todd Gurley, Robert Woods, Jared Goff, Aaron Donald, and Dominican Sue decide that I'm just not going to be stopped or blocked today, there's nothing Belichick can, can do about it.
0: Belichick did call Aaron Donald pretty much unblockable yesterday right. on a conference call um, with New England media. Saw that um, from a couple of reporters.
1: So, it, it's, Same with Gronk, too. If Gronk decides he doesn't <laughs> want to be covered today— then hard. you might just have to deal with that's what I'm that's yeah. it's special on both sides. So we'll see what happens. We
0: will see what happens. Yeah. And guys, we will have plenty more coverage leading up to Super Bowl fifty-three, both from here in Los Angeles and then in Atlanta. I'm gonna be there starting Sunday. I'm flying with the team. DeMarco, you will be there Thursday. 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 Yes. So between me, DeMarco, JB, Serena. We'll have it covered. Yes, we will have you all covered. So keep it locked to the Rams.com for that and all the latest news and updates on your LA Rams. Have a great one, everybody
1: we